Hemshech Hayim Beis, Volume 1, the beginning of Discourse number 32, the middle of the beginning, which is the Mesech, the second Mesech, this is where Shavuos Ayin Gimel begins, page, we're up to page 246, the middle of chapter 127. The Friedrich Rebbe sums up the beginning of this discourse, that there's two Hamshachas, two transmissions, one Gvul, one Bli Gvul. Interesting that Rebbe Rashab begins first with the Einsof, but he actually emphasizes and discusses more at length the Gvul. So that's why maybe the the Friedrich Rebbe reverses the order. Um, and he says that there's true transmissions from the divine source, the divine infinite source. One is Gvul, it's a finite defined and that's captured in the Kav. The Kav literally means a line. Kav Achut, the line and the thread. It's a Kav of energy. So a Kav, by definition, has two sides to it. On one hand, it's energy. On the other hand, it's a narrow flow. So you right there see there that it has parameters. So as he puts it here, It's measured and defined by the parameters, tailored to the parameters of the world. And because according to the divine desire that he wanted to have ten spheres, not eleven, not nine, not nine, not eleven, and specifically these spheres, Chabad, so the instrument that he's using to create what he wants is therefore defined, measured and determined, defined by that desire. So it's the desire in what he wants to create that defines that the Kav should have definition. is because of the world. This general energy is because of the worlds. If there was no desire for worlds, you wouldn't have this energy in the first place. So if you have the energy, it's only because of the desire. Since the desire is that there be structure, therefore the energy, which is only there in order to fulfill this desire, is a structured type of energy. That's essentially what he's saying. Where you see here, right here, two aspects. Because desire, it's God's desire, as we learned, desire is more bligvul than gvul. Desire is more of a, uh, a emanation of God's will, as opposed to defined by something. But because the desire is, the, the, the bligvul desire of the divine is for something that's structured, so that in turn creates an energy that is itself structured. So there you got another paradox. That the Kav is a result of a divine infinite energy, but an infinite energy that wants a finite reality. <clears throat> and therefore this Medida, as he says, is an energy from its beginning of its transmission, from its root and its source. There's no place where the Kav has any um, non- non-defined nature. Because its whole existence is only for one reason it's to fulfill God's will to have a structured existence so therefore there's no such thing as okay on one level the, the Kav is bligvul, has no the parameters and then suddenly it assumes parameters from the outset its whole purpose is that so therefore it's, it's a, it, it therefore it has a, it has a, has a gvul in it the interesting twist here if you think about it actually this makes it even more, less gvul than it really is because if it started out let's say like a big flow of, of, of infinite energy, and then simply due to the 
due to, due to gradations and evolution and the process, it gets diminished. So then it gets actually diminished. It's really, it's real. It gets diminished into a very narrow, into a limited form. But here, the whole purpose of it is for it to be gvul. So it's not because it's limitation. This energy. It's on the contrary. This is a manifestation of the divine desire, as much as the manifestation of pure bligvul. So really, it's actually a bligvul type of gvul if you think about it. It's probably all gvuls like that. So really, in other words, the structure. Now we're talking now not we're talking about atmos. Atmos is beyond gvul and bligvul. You can't talk about it there. You know, we say atmos. You say shlilus um, um, means negating all descriptions, negating the positive and negating the negative. And you can't say it's this, you can't say it's that, you can't say this, it's not this, and you can't say it's not that. You can't say it's not this, it's not not this, etc. We're not talking about, we're talking about in the world of expression, there's these two expressions. So the kav, from the outset, is meant to be gvul. That's how it was structured to be. And that's its purpose. So all the way from its root, it, it begins that way. Now he may have said this earlier in earlier Maimorim, in the earlier sections of Ayim Bays. I don't recall these words, but it's very likely he did. But now we appreciate it more after what, everything we've learned. Because we've learned that Keser, remember we said that there are three things in Keser, and the lowest part of Keser is the part that, that is connected to Gvul. Our intelligence comes from, is the, well, they're all Makif, they're all three are Makifim, they're all... Uh, they also call that transcendent to existence, but one is is very much right a desire that is understood. There's a reason for it that we, our logic and consciousness, can understand that desire. That's the lowest level of kesser. That was kesser from the word that it surrounds at Silas. The second kesser was from the word crown above the head. That's already the unconscious. That's like chachmas It's a reason. It's in the world of intelligence, but it's not a reason that we can relate to. So it's a, it's a deeper level of transcendence. And then there's the ultimate transcendence that are not even a conscious state. And then there's even beyond that, which we're not discussing now. So, so, so if you think about it, why is it so important that it's in Keser? So let's say there's Er HaGvul, and there's Er HaBligvul. Because it doesn't start on its own. The finite energy is rooted in the infinite energy. It's rooted in Keser. In desire, it didn't just come out as an incidental byproduct. It's not like God said, "I want to have a uh, a base amigdash," and as a byproduct, I'll let you also have gold to use for other reasons. Now, here, the entire the, the entire structure of existence is defined by God's desire, and that in turn creates an energy that fulfills that desire, an energy that is a paintbrush. An instrument that will have chesed and gvura exactly as he defined it here. No, but at some point, no, but he doesn't say that. It's not correct. In you don't say that he and his energies and he his containers are one. There they have, they become true gvul, not just the gvul because God desires it. No, I would not connect that here. You can't eliminate the structure of existence. There are levels where this is concealed to the point where there is actual materialism. There is a material yesh. It's not an illusion. Yeah, but, but, but you have free will also, and you can, and, and you can destroy. Are you seeing this here, or are you just saying this? We don't see that here either. 
Because I'm responding to because since you're bringing up something that is not here, I'm countering it with something that's not here. If you go back to here, let's not talk about free will or or, or, or what you're saying. Then you go back here. If you want to talk about what you're All saying, that doesn't have anything to do with this discussion. Not not what he's talking about here. No. No. This has nothing to do with running existence. This is to do with the structure of existence. The ten spheres, the building blocks. That there's fundamental structure to existence. Not God running the show after existence is in place. That's another discussion. We also learned about it. We learned about God, the different levels. But there there's also concealment. And then there's free will. So you're going into a whole other discussion when you bring Hashgach into the picture. You have to deal with the whole content with the whole other 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 factors. I'm not saying it's not important, but I would not confuse it with here. It would make it very confusing. There'll be a lot of difficulties here. This is not this is not negating that the world was created by on its own. This is not negating the opposite of Rachapratis. This is simply stating that that uh, that there's an energy that is gavul from the outside because God wants a structured existence. That's what it's stating here. <clears throat> and I thought you were saying once it gets into biyah, yeah, there are the biyah. This this desire is concealed. At some point, all you have is structure, and you can completely negate, forget that there is a, uh, a will in this structure. She says so. This medida Akbal is not what was neschadish to the symptom. It's not the concealment that brought out this structure. Because it had the structure from the beginning. So what did the what did the Tzimtzum do? Because it had it before, the ten hidden spheres were there. They were hidden because they were completely encompassed, as he said, and did not have any shape and form. And they're also completely united with the source. What did the Tzimtzum do? The symptom allowed it to emerge. So the symptom didn't create the structure. The symptom allowed the structure to emerge as distinct entities. They should actually sense a chachma bina. Before that, it's all part of a desire that doesn't have any manifestation. So the symptom allows them to become distinct entities, but even while they're distinct entities, they retain their so-called um, amorphous personality, blima. And he explained, because the Kav is known as made of, of, of points. A point is also two opposites. On one hand, a point is no longer an invisible entity. A point. On the other hand, the point does not yet have shape and form. It's not yet blossomed into something of structure. But it's the beginning of structure. The point, the dot, the seed, as we discussed. And the Kudus, and the Kav is made of these Nekudus. And these are the specific spheres as they stand in the Kav. Later, in the Kav, as we learned earlier, they still remain in an amorphous state, and when they enter the containers of Atsilas, that's when they take on the shape and form. But then he qualifies and says, there's also another place where we find the Kudus, and that's the Kudim of Tayu. Akudim, Nekudim, Vrudim. But Tayu, there's the opposite. Here, we're talking about Nekudim, that's Pshitus, that has no personality and no intensity. 
it concentrates a lot, but it doesn't have any intensity. In in, in Toyo, on the other hand, Tekva Mitzias, which will cause obviously the end and then the shattering of the vessels. Tekva Mitzias, spheres of Toyo, because it has the it has the core of each sphere. So he explained this is because there the Nakuda comes into Kalim, there's containers. And therefore it has that intensity. But when there's no containers, all you have is pshitus. That's why you have ten energies in one container in Akudim beforehand. How could there be ten energies? How could they coexist? Because there's no container yet. It's like a seed. In a seed you have all the details. So there can't be any conflict. It's when the details start developing, meaning you have containers that you can grasp, and suddenly you see uh, uh, arms and legs and other things, that's when you can start having conflict to the point of, of, uh, of, of uh, shatter. Then comes another stage when the, the energies are more subdued and the containers are more mature. So then they can join and again re- reconnect. So in other words, when, when you look at a seed, a seed there can't be any battle. Because the energy is just all concentrated in one little container, one dot, in one point. When that seed begins to develop and doesn't yet have maturity, it can conflict with each other, the points, as it does in Tayu. Because the containers are now, have, have emerged. Then comes a balanced, mature place where Kalim and Erdus learn to coexist. So it's like Echo Sheni Ashlishi, like the first day it says, Yem Echad, not Yem Rishon, because all that was, existed was God's unity, was apparent light. And God said, Yehi Toif, that's good. Day two was created separation. Separation is no longer Nakuda. Now you have two entities. You have two entities, a higher and a lower water, you already have the ability of, like he says, Nivra Machlekes. Day two, the potential for conflict begins. Because day one, they were also those two forces were there, but they were not as separate entities. Both higher and lower waters. The heavens and earth were all part of Bereshit's Baruch one part of one God's unity. So day two doesn't say Taif. doesn't say God said, I saw, that he saw what he created and was good. Why? Because on its own, you don't yet see good. What you see is separation. Day three comes, that's Atzillus. So day one is Akudim. Ten energies in one container. Day two is like Nukudim, separate energies, separate containers, and there's room for conflict. Day three comes, that's Atzilus, Tikkun, Sholem is introduced, Tiferes, the Kavim Tzai, that says the energies don't be so intense, the Kalim be more mature, and there you could have what's called Hiskalulus. So you have, you have Hisachdus, Hiskalkus, and Hiskalulus. Echad Shein Ishlishi. First month, the second month, the third month. Nisan, Iyer, Sivan. One, two, three. So you have Isagdus, is that everything is concentrated in one, ten energies in one container. It then splits Ischalkus, which is important, diversity. And then comes Ischalulus. Where is the clash possible? Like I mentioned about the tsunami, is when the air meets the Kali. Large body of water, which is a tsunami, will not cause any destruction if there's no land, it doesn't hit land. It's when the keli is an entity and there's a resistance and the energy is too intense and the keli is too resistant, you have, yourself a, you have a collision. However, for example, you know, when they build a, um, uh, suspension bridges, you know, it shakes. It's, not very, it's, not, it's meant not to be rigid because it has to be flexible and that's what allows it to carry far more weight. If the bridges were built with this type of this, it would have a keli and an air and they would clash. Wings of airplane. Yeah, a, bir- a bird. It cannot be rigid. 
Right. Be flexible. It's called, they have to have um, buoyancy. And uh, there's a word called, uh, when you say the wings of, well, they have to have a certain... Whatever. Flexibility. It's a matter of, uh, they have to have a certain element of dexterity. Dexterity. Right. What does that sound? Okay. Anyway, so you see here, we say Don't be as in rigid and inflexible like a cedar, you know, a cedar tree, and be be gentle and flexible like a reed. And you see, when a storm strikes, what happens? Yielding. You know, people who know how to take a punch. A lot of uh, martial arts is built on letting somebody else riding on their energy instead of resisting knowing how to absorb knowing how to pull back etc etc not just standing strong because that's when you when things get broken when you just you have to know how to fl- go with the flow as they say so before the cow deposited everything the good stuff and in, 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 in um, Atilus, they made a stop and Kudim and all this and you had the world of Tao which is North of the sea, so to Well, it goes like this: the kav, the kav is the kav carries energy. It's the carrier of all energies of ak. Then comes akudim, and there the energy is intense, and the container is just emerging. Think of the kav as just a a type of train, an invisible thread that goes through all of existence, it threads its way. There comes a point where the seed emerges. Then the seed begins to break into parts. The kav is not involved in that process. The kav has just generated the process where the kalim, it's brought kalim into being. It's brought a lot of intense energy and now the kalim and the energy are going through this thing. And they shatter. The kav continues its journey afterwards. As you said, south. As it goes into Atsilis, it, be, it creates, a, it becomes a much more balanced state. It drops off some passages and no other way. I wouldn't put it this way. You're talking time in this, that already, I mean, yeah. the analogy goes that far. I wouldn't say it's, you know, because it's not, the, it, it's all part of the process. It's all happening right now, all the time. So you think of it like, uh, even the destruction, even the shattering of the containers was in order to build. So everything is part of the process. Tayu has a has a role to play. It's not just a, an accident that happened. So ultimately, Yom Sheni is Kitov a few times. That's the whole. Thing. That's why three on day three you have Kitov twice. Uh-huh. Also for day two because it shows right exactly. <clears throat> we wouldn't have Tikkun if there was no Tayu. Anyway, but he's not speaking about the shattering. He really wants to go back. So Kamoi Ba Kudim Shas says it is Koskin Kav. And this itself, what's taka the reason? Why is the kav not in this state? Like Toyo? Because the kav, the whole kav is only to reveal a concealed structure in God's desire. Not Sviris The Sviris of Toyo have a purpose. There you want a mitzias that has a certain purpose, like it discussed elsewhere. That's why it comes in containers. The kav is only to reveal that was what was concealed in the ten hidden spheres. 
which takes us back to an original theme early on that the structure of existence is it Gilea Helam or Yesh so you see how far back bending backward the Rabbi Rashab is going to demonstrate that it's Gilea Helam as much as he can it's a very important point because he wants to show that the structure of existence can also be united with the divine he wants to show that the structure of existence is also connected with the with the infinite. So therefore, because the desire of God is for structure, so as far deep as he can go into desire, he'll take structure. You hear what I'm saying? Which is really the essence of everything that was being discussed. Spheres. First it's a number, then it's a story, then deeper is it's behirus, it's it's clarity, it's transparency, it's brightness. And then it's behirus of Eid Habligvul, Sphere, all sphere. Why? Because he wants to show that in the deepest place possible, the structure of existence began. But it's not in the deepest place at all, because there are places that are beyond structure. But as far as he can go, because there's a place where you no longer talk about structure altogether, you just talk about God's being revealed. So there's the element of God's bleak vul just expressing itself, including also in a structure, and then there's the God desire for a structure. They're not the same thing. Because there's a need for the structure to also recognize that there's something beyond it. Because we can't have it becoming so self and say, you know what, my structure is so important, it goes all the way to Atmos. You need Bittl, which we shall soon learn about. Because you could say, why not, why not just say structure all the way to the top? Why is there another air called Bligvul? As we'll soon discuss, because the Bligvul achieves a different role. Its role is to bring Bittl into existence. So now we have the structure, but the structure too, he doesn't want to eliminate it. So he takes it as far as it can go. Not just the ten hidden spheres, but the ten hidden spheres themselves arose in an artist at Bligvul, and they're not detached. So in Keser is rooted the structure of existence. In Eirein Sof is rooted the structure. That's what he's saying here. So it's Gilead Helam. When you look at the structure of existence, you can look at it two ways. You can say, you know what, this is a very important structure. Even God wants it. We have to respect it. Or you can say, you know what, the whole structure is meaningless. Because God is really bleakful. These are two philosophies. Right? For example, I'll give you the two philosophies without mentioning names. There are, there, there are even among Jews, there was a theory, and some have it today too. Dina the Malchus Dina. When this world, Hashemayim l'shemayim l'ashem, Aretz Nosan l'bnei Adam. Yes, we have to follow God's rules. There's, there's, a, there's halacha. But when you're in the in, Ma, in, Ma, Mordechai, in the Shar HaMelech, and you're dealing with government, and you're dealing with this world, you have to follow its rules. God wants you to follow those rules. He wants you to follow the rule of the land. There's a strong case to be made. Yom Kippur, Rosh Hashanah, Shabbos, in the morning when you daven, then you're connecting to the bligvul of Elokus to higher things. When you're in the world, you have to play by the rules of the world. Yes, ethically, according to Tera. But gvul is real gvul. Another, other extreme approaches. What are you talking about? Gvul. Gvul is, a, gvul is an illusion, not an illusion. Gvul is a, is a, is a, is a step in the, a step in the, a stepping stone toward bligvul. The whole world is a prusdur, the Mishnah says. The whole Ma'ilam is a, a corridor to come to Ilam Haba. 
You'll find many Jews, you ask them, why, do we, why are we here? To do mitzvahs, so we should be good zeichet to Eilam Haba. Rabbi Misha Feinstein's Levaya, they were telling the children that if you want to have a funeral like this, you have to start young. You understand? Huh? That's what they say. Now, because there are many people who say, Eilam Haza is all it's a prusdur. It's a kleine brick, we you know. The whole world is a small bridge to a greater place. Chassidus explains, and this is the Chiddush of Alta Rebbe, since we're talking Chavda Al-Tevis, Chassidus Chabad, is a third approach. Seemingly, what could be a third approach? It's either this or that. The third approach is that the Gvul that God created is fundamentally divine, just like the Bligvul. And therefore, it's not just you escape into Bligvul Yom Kippur. Yeah, you follow the rules, not because they're rules, because God created a structure He wants you to follow. The reason you can't jump 10 feet high and you can't function without eating is not because we're limited, it's because God wanted the structure to be this way. The same God, the same God that wanted. In Kippur, you shouldn't eat, wants you to eat. Like, you know, the story with Abzusha and his brother, uh, what was it, Abzusha and Melamelech, when he was in prison. And he was sad, so his brother said to him, What are you sad? We taught by the Bashamta, we have to be Basimcha every time for joy. He says, I'm not sad because I'm in prison. I'm sad because I can't make a bracha for three weeks already since I'm here. There's a pail in the ba- in, in the cell. I can't make a blessing. It's like a bathroom. She says, so, so, The same God that said you make a bracha also said that when there's a pail in the room, you don't make a bracha. So you're also fulfilling. God's desire. So he said, yeah, you're right. And he began to uh, celebrate. All the inmates started seeing he's celebrating. You know how it goes. Why not? They're bored anyway. Let's celebrate. Let's celebrate. Good excuse. The guard who's a real anti-Semite comes running. He says, why are you celebrating? He says, the Jew there is celebrating. So we're joining him. Why is he celebrating? We don't really know, but it's something to do with the pail in his room. So the guard came and says, Really? I'll show you, Jew, you dirty Jew. And he pulls the pail out of the room. That's the story goes. The, the, the Friedrich Rebbe, when he was in prison, they asked him, Do you know where you are? Because he wasn't cooperating. They wanted to tell him, Do you know where you are? You should have respect for where you are. He says, Yes, I know where I am. I'm in a place that's Potter from the Mezuzah. A place that's, uh, that's uh, exempt from a Mezuzah. Because why? Because like a stable of susim, a stable of horses. And the Rebbe explains the beautiful. wasn't just she wasn't I was just trying to stack them and to show them that he doesn't care about them. He was being, bringing a godliness here too. That there's a mitzvah just like there's a place to put a, mitzvah, a mezuzah. There's places where you don't put a mezuzah. That's also a mitzvah. It's also God's desire. So he was bringing God's revelation in a place that was potem a mezuzah. In other words, we, everything becomes a positive force. So one second, are you, are you still trying to explain? One second, I, I didn't finish, I'm going back, I'm going back. So you could so right, exactly. So what's the point? That means, so the fact that God wants us to follow rules is not because the rules have any power. That's why the Friedrich Rebbe, the Rebbe Rashab, Friedrich Rebbe, when he came out of prison, Pei Zion, he repeated the words of the Rebbe Rashab, He Hashem Alkenu Imanu. Not with our will did we go into Golis, not with our will would we go out of Golis. It's only God's will that we're... And therefore, the fact that we're here is not because someone has power over us, because God wants us to be here. So then, wherever you are, is it Gvul? Does Gvul have power? 
Yes, Gvul has power because God gave it power. But don't worship it. See, even while you're following the rules, you're following them because God said so. So you have to follow them, not because the world is tafe smokim and the heaven is given to God and earth is given to man. That itself is, the, is is defined by a divine. So that's also so. So there's no so. So on one hand, you have to intend, you have to in, in, immerse yourself in the in the structure of existence. A mitzvah, it's negaya. It's not just a prusdur. We're not just talking about a corridor to Olam haba. We're not talking about escaping. Okay, now this I dealt with this world. Now I'm escaping into Bligvul. This is the purpose. On the other hand. On the other hand, this is not the only thing that exists. There's also levels that are beyond the structure. And the structure itself has to realize, because I'm not just me, I'm part of a bigger God. A bigger God has bligvul. And there's the, the bitl that it elicits. So it's a third approach. It's not the approach of escaping to bligvul. Or allowing, giving real recognition to gvul. But it's understanding gvul in a new way. That the gvul itself is a divine gvul. And as we'll learn, as we know, and that makes actually the gvul much more powerful. Because if you're giving it to the power of the government, so it's as powerful as they are. They're limited. If God says He wants a gvul, then you could be rest assured it's a real gvul. It's a gvul in its fullest sense of the word, on every possible way. And gvul doesn't mean a bad thing. Gvul is simply a power. It's a power to express itself in a certain way. Just like there's a power to express in infinite ways, there's a power to express in a certain way. Now, would you say that this is, defines God? No, God forbid. To say God is defined by the expression that He chose to define express it would be saying Chesed is God. No, you say He is the place of the world, meaning everything here is a, a divine expression, but not everything here is the the ultimate divine expression. Now, of course, there's a Yesh. What the Yesh does, it reveals Atmos and Er, but the bottom line is that there is a whole new way of looking at it. This is Chassidus Chabad at its core. And you see how meticulous and how careful and with such care the Rebbe Rashab is trying to help us understand how the gvul of our existence goes as far as it can go. He's taking it not... Which really also explains all those different shittas, the Mukabalim that hold whether the energy is, is defined or not defined. And he goes, in this drush, he keeps saying, we're going to the shita that it is defined. Because he wants to show how the definition of structure of existence is all the way rooted in the energy itself. According to the other opinion, it has also its qualities. But there, the quality is fu- fundamentally the other way around. There, it's that we, it's going, leaving, the gvul is inferior. And the real focus is on the pshittas, on the rots, on God's desire. Here, you're getting a far more intricate, according to the shita that is, that is seared, Far more complicated. It's a lot easier to resolve a lot of problems if you just said air was bligvul, and and keli magvul. When you say air is when you say air is gvul, you see how how complicated it becomes. Because then where's air gvul and where's it bligvul and where's it start? It's far more complicated. So I was telling somebody the shir here. I think I said it maybe, and you know it's it's quite emotional when you think about it. You know we learn it a level, another level. But think of a father bending down to help his child learn to walk. You know, you start here, one step, two steps, two, three steps, three steps. And you watch, you guide him along all the way, you train him. You know, the love that goes into that type of act, which is not writing big books, not making a lot of money, you're bending down, you know, the Moshele Chassidus very often, father bends down, lifts his child. And that is Atzmus itself. Because the simplicity of it, the love in it, the purity, there's no, um, there's no agenda. There's no ulterior motive. 
pure, pure. But think of now somebody's sitting and making stepping stones. You know, here, we came to a river. You can't cross the river, the little child. So I'll make steps. I'll put my hands here. Walk on my hands step by step by step from here to here. Imagine then that Rebbe Rashab sitting and writing Ayin Bays. That's exactly what he's doing. He's a father, a master, a Rebbe, sitting and building the stepping stones and showing, don't think your existence is trapped. Don't think you're trapped. There's steps. And I'm showing you the steps, not just in Kalim and Eir, and one level of Eir, another level of Eir, all the way going to the root. You think that I think of Chassidus that way? Trust me, you learn Chassidus completely differently. We become detached. We learn the book as if it's like, okay, a technical book, and i got to get the mathematics right, and where's what fit. But think of it like a caring father, a caring parent, literally helping us, giving us the stepping stones. Here's what you do, my son, here, next step, next step, next step. That's what the Alter Rebbe did with Chassidus Chabad. The first section, the main bulk of Tanya, is really a book of Eitzes. It wasn't a book the Alter Rebbe sat down to write, a book of doctrine. It was a book of Eitzes. He was giving people advice. As he writes in the introduction, there was no time, so he couldn't meet anymore individually. Now, of course, in the advice, there's doctrine. Because the advice is not just uh, uh, superficial advice. It's based on fundamental doctrine, deep doctrine. But what it comes down to, it's a personal connection. It's a personal connection. So there's no such thing in Chassidus that you just learn the message. There's a method with the message. There's a warmth with the message. There's a personal thing. When you read it that way, you read it completely differently. That's why we say that Skol and Aveda are one thing in that sense. You read this, you read, what are the steps? How is he helping us connect? How does this step help more Ardus in existence, in my life? How do I get more refined to be able to travel on this journey? And you see how, as I said, the painstaking effort, hundreds of pages, just to help explain. And it's the only way you can really explain why the Rebbe Rashab would be sitting and writing this. For the record. What to answer what? God doesn't need it. God knows what he created. It's for us to understand the process. Step by step by step. And so with, it's, it's, every letter is, is um, gushing with love. Think of it that way. You learn it differently then. Because if you were standing with the Rebbe Rashab in his room right now, or the Rebbe, or the Alter Rebbe, and, he, and, and you said to the Rebbe, the Alter Rebbe, tell me what are the secrets, tell me how to live a good life, the best possible life. And he starts telling you this Maimer. And you say, I don't know what he's talking about. Why is he telling me a Maimer? I'm asking him how to live my life. And he's telling me a, a thing about Kav, and Simtsum, and Gvul, and Esosphiris Agnusus. But since you respect the Rebbe, what would you do? When you go out of Yechidus, you say to somebody, I asked the Rebbe how to live a good life. And he gave me a whole uh, esoteric discussion. So a real chassid would tell you, he answered your question. What do you think the Rebbe did, is, is, didn't, is, is, uh, didn't hear what you said? He didn't answer in your terms. He didn't tell you, go, here's where you buy candies, and here's where you make money, and here's where you find uh, a spouse. He told you the secrets of what will make you happy. Except he spoke about it in a language that you don't really understand. It's cryptic. But let me explain to you. Kav is not Kav. Kav is a stepping stone. It's a stone for you to understand how step of how you climb from here to here. And let's find in your life where you'll need that in your life. Now, why am I making the point? Because if the Rebbe called you in and told this to you, you would have no doubt that he's talking to you. When he writes it in a book and you weren't there, you say, who says this is me? Maybe it means somebody else. That's what I'm saying. You learn this, you have to imagine 
it's a simple thing that this was not written for the mass, just for everybody and, and, and for different generations. This is as of the Rebbe Rashab called you in. When I say Rebbe Rashab, I mean all the seven Rabbeim as one here. The Alter Rebbe writes something in Tanya, is if he called you in and told you this. Now, yes, yeah, doesn't mean every page is relevant to you every second of your life, which also is true. It is. But nevertheless, the whole picture of it will be negated to you in your life at some point. Like it says, the 42 Masoyes, when the Jews traveled in the wilderness, the Baal says, every one of us goes through in our lifetime all 42 journeys. And in one place it says, every day we go through 42 journeys. So every step here we go through all the time. However, obviously you have to start step by step. You can't learn it all. But the challenge is, that's we the challenge. How do you take a piece here and say, how is this an answer to me, to my life? Is this a fair... Approach? Sounds like missing a bit of Pamina Bottle. Based on what I just said, just one second. No, no, no. And if you were standing in front of the Rebbe Rashab, would you also say that? No. So you're standing with him. I'm sorry. That's, that, I just I don't understand something with this whole thing with a cough. Like, I always imagine but, but you know what, even if you don't understand, just think of it. The Rebbe Rishab is bending down to you and helping you walk a little. Scary. I, 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 I feel special if that's happening. He's scared. More than all this, you know, that's what I felt when I was that, that muscle you gave with the, with the, with the, with the, in the prison with the, with the pail. I can't get away from that. And I've heard it before from you, but I just see it today. It's Kavaldik's Lush. In terms of kav, I always imagine... We're back to the mathematics here. Kav is this, uh, basically... <laughs> what does it say about the kav? It's going to till? Tachtis atzilis, sometimes the middle of atzilis. But that's the original kav. Then there's the reflection of the kav. Okay. Which again is not physical. It's just, it's gradations. But what does it mean when he says that kav is... Nekudas mufshotas. That's what I... Like, I always understood that at each, at certain, at each level, it... Becomes you ever see? I'll, I'll give you an example. You ever see? A, you ever see an artist uses first a a uh, a very uh, broad stroke with a one paintbrush, and then they take a very fine paintbrush and begin to make the details. Okay. So the kav, think of it as just being energy. It's just planting the nukudis everywhere. It's basically a Bina. Then there's going to be the development of Chachma Bina as it enters into but containers. Kaf carry basically everything, including the, the containers. Including the it's only carrying the containers, but it doesn't. It's not the root of the containers. I told you many times. And the Shama does not create your body; it just carries it to you. That's why after death, the, the body doesn't decompose. The Kelim are rooted in a divine source called Kehagvul. Okay. Letters. Like the letters are not rooted in the idea. They're rooted elsewhere. But the idea brings forth the letters. They reveal the letters. That's a different discussion. We learned this. Right? It carries it. Carries it, but it's not energy, the letters. It just, it just carries it. That's a different story. So, It carries the power. Let me ask you a question. You're, 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 you're five and some foot, foot tall, right? One point you were a, just a seed in your mother's womb. Tell me, how did this body come from? Energy created it, or energy revealed it? The seed contains the power of it all. But then, other forces come into play, and a person begins to eat, you drink, you breathe, and the body begins to develop. The kav just carries the, the kernel of it, the kernel, the seed of it. 
Kav is like made up of seeds, basically. The seeds include the seeds of containers and also the energies. But fundamentally, the Kav is an energy flow. It's like, think of it like this. Think of it like you have a bunch of seeds here on the, on the ground and then water comes in and the water makes them grow. So some say the water made it grow. No, the water didn't make it grow. The water, the water just was a catalyst that got it, that got it going. Now, if the water also carried the seeds, fine, but the water didn't create the seeds. The water carried the seeds and then it made it grow. That's what a cob is like. It's energy. It's an energy flow. It's a carrier. Some things are inherent to the cob and some things are just passing through the cob. Got another example besides water? There's hundreds of examples. I mean, in life you have many, many examples. The soul and the body is a good example. Well, he didn't say that here. That's you're bringing from other places. Because you asked me. But I'm just so. Yeah. So again, you know what says here says here. Since you asked, I told you. It's not relevant really here. That just means that the kav is too intense at some point to create the containers that are so gross and so tangible and so uh, materialistic. On lower levels, it can be the kav itself. It's a reflection of the kav. Oh, okay. It's an echo of the kav, if you wish. Yeah. It's a diminished state. What is that noise? It's making me so annoyed. Furniture polish or sander. I don't know. I don't know. Can you open this door and just see if I can fix it? Right here, this door, right here. What? Oh, this door. No. Forget about it, okay. So the whole point is that That's the whole role of the Kav, is to reveal. That's Gilead Helen. It's revealing. It's revealing what is concealed in Esther's Agnusus, which is itself revealing what is concealed in God's desire for Shir Atzmei Bikaya. Falkain ain't shom kalim vein bebchinus pshitus because shara edus and the slapsha bekalim that silus and with energies. Move the camera. The whole camera is, is out of order. If the the whole thing is uh, okay, okay, okay.
when the energy is manifest in the containers of Atsilus, that's where they so I go back the best example or best, there are many examples but I keep giving the example of letters and ideas when you start your education and I'm not sure why just just go back to the, this muscle and you'll understand it all just use this muscle, think about it until it becomes part of you you begin in the kindergarten you learn letters, that's containers the letters have ideas, can build ideas and contain within them all the ideas that will be, will be collected together that will, from the letters when they're combined into words and words into phrases and sentences into paragraphs, chapters, books and all the knowledge that there's out there. But it begins the other way around. That's how we climb from the bottom up. From the top down, it began with infinite energy that has no manifestation yet, then energy that will later become expressed in letters until we get all the letters. So if you go from the top down, it starts with energy. Then the energy wants to express itself in a certain way. So you have an idea that has parameters. In order for the parameters to really take hold, you need letters to express those parameters. There's letters in thought, there's letters in speech, there's letters in writing. There's engraved letters, there's written letters. So you have many, many levels of how an idea, which already has parameters, but an idea, as we learned with Shammai and Hillel, when they heard their teacher speak, it had chest and gvur in it. But until it came into the container of Shammai, it didn't take the shape of gvur. That's Atzillus, when it, when it hits the keli in the fullest sense. But the kav has already energy in it. The kav, think of the kav as being the pen of the writer. The writer is going to, or the, sto- or the mouth of the storyteller, Sipur. In his mouth, in his hand, he's writing, and this has the flow, he's going to write many words. But he wants to write one idea. But to express it to someone, in these containers. The containers don't emerge immediately. First comes the idea, comes the energy. So the Kav is revealing that type of energy, that message, that God wants ten spheres. The ten spheres have energy. Each Chachmah is the Eira Chachmah, Eira Bina. But as long as they're still in energy, they've not been written down yet. They haven't been expressed in letters. They haven't been expressed in any defined way. So from the top down, it begins with energy. But there's also containers. Where do the containers come from? Well, since God wants structure, He also wants containers where it will really manifest. Where they finally come together is when the idea and the words on the page. There you go. That's Eris and Caleb. How, how's the idea before it hits the, 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 the letters on the page? It could be in your mind. It could be in a more abstract way. All the way upward could be ten energies in one container. You say one letter, Aleph. And the Aleph of Anoichi has the whole Torah in it. Then you say Anoichi, spelled out a little more. Then you say Anoichi Hashem Alekecha, Aseres Adibris, the whole Torah, Torah Shabal Peh. You spell it out to infinite details. So, what, so is, is this not clear? What makes that... that, that connection, like basically everything is being carried by the cup, it's not like in your motion, not everything is being everything is being carried by the cup but the cup is not the root of everything letters, letters, letters are not the root, are not originate in Seichel they originate in a different place there are people who have ideas and can't write there are people who have ideas and can't speak but in this case the energy can carry the letters, but the letters don't come from the energy 
the energy, the idea is an, it comes from one place, and the containers come from another. But the, the energy also carries the containers. The energy organizes them. The energy expresses them. What happens at a certain level? What's it, why don't you go before that? At a certain level, there's no energy and no containers. Why, why are you assuming that energy is the root of everything? Atmos is the root of everything. Atmos, one second. Atmos is neither energy or containers. It's neither an idea nor letters. Nor is it not an idea. Exactly. It's not. This Atmos wants to have an existence. And so there's two things that happen when he wants to have it. One is an energy that's believable. One is an energy of gvul. Okay. And then there's kayach gvul. Then there's also you need containers. Okay. So you have three different paths going on here. So, they all originate from the same place. But for it to be a structured existence as we know it, you need to have these three different so-called parallel paths. Everything is being carried through that kav? No, no, no. The kav is only one aspect of this. There's a lot more going on here. There's also there's, there's the energy before the kav. I mean, well, I don't know what you're, what you're asking. I, 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 you're, you're bringing other things into the story here. What, 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 tell me what the question. I don't see what the problem is. No, right here he's saying that the kav is rooted in the ten hidden spheres, and it carries the energy of the ten spheres. He's not talking about the kav carrying other things. You're bringing in things you learned elsewhere. There are. So what? So what? Why don't you learn what he's saying here? The Kav carries the Esos Agnosis, which are complete Pshittas, like we learned earlier at length. The Kav, after the Tzimtzum, conceals the Erha Bligvul and allows the Kav now to create distinct points, the point of Chachma, the point of Bina. But it's only a point. A point now has to be developed. And Natsilis, they become developed into full entities called Chesed Gvoda. That's all he's saying right here. But also, uh, you're asking me other things now. You, you're bringing other modem that are not being said here. No, as soon as you bring other things, that's why you're confused. My, my Maybe you shouldn't bring other things. Maybe you just learn this. If, if I were you, I wouldn't bring other things because you, because you see it's confusing you. Because I thought that Akudim, at a certain point, a calf kind of like becomes this floor, number 44, this is Akudim. What do you mean? Right now there's Akudim, and now, now, that, now there's an Akudim. It's happening right, all, right. all the levels. It's all the time, but it's but basically everything is being carried by the Kav. I know what you mean by the word everything. He just said here. All he's saying here is that it carries Chachme Bina, the ten hidden spheres, which is the structure that God wants. So he wants ten spheres. At a certain point reveal themselves as Akudim, as Okud after, after the Tzimtzum, the Kav emerges. Right, right. It's carrying the ten hidden spheres. Now they become points. They're no longer just complete, invisible, amorphous. They're points. They're no longer. Okay. okay? So at what level they suddenly become? An what do you mean suddenly? There's no suddenly. It's it's a constant process that's constantly happening. Okay, right, right. It's just levels okay. that are happening right now. It's just like I told you, a seed in a mother's womb. Why don't you go like that? And th- okay. after three months, after nine months, after six months, first trimester, second trimester, so then there's birth. Yeah, exactly. Then uh-huh. Right, and then Atzilus is where they become a full. I'm thinking, I understand what my problem. I'm thinking linearly. I'm thinking like as, a, as an elevator, you know, like yeah, at a certain point. You can think like that, but then you have to then then, then you have to qualify that it's happening all the time. Right, right. Like in, in in life, it doesn't happen. Once you're a seed, once you've been born, you're no longer a seed. Here, it's constant process. All the steps are happening all at once. And what the Rebbe is telling us here that basically the way we should see the calf is that this has no dorim. It's 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 mufshadik bizitzov. It's even but it's, it's nekudis. 
go back to, go back to chapter um, 31 and he spells it out more detail there basically Kudus it's like it's, as I told you and a Kudus means you already made a point there's a point before that there's no point you can't even call points I just gave the example. There are ideas. There's a space where these ideas haven't yet even developed yet, but they're somewhere in the unconscious. Then there's an idea that's developed. Then there's an idea that manifests a little more revealed. Then there's an idea that's expressed in words, in your thought. Then in your thought, there's speech. I mean, I can give you. You want 50 levels? But the word carried by the kav. I know what the word kav means. But he carry. This to me means nothing when you say carried by the word the kav. You explain to me what that means. What well, means carried by the kav has no on this process. What I just said, that's the kav, the process of an, an amorphous state coming. That's the kav. What do you mean carried by? They make it sound like the kav is a physical entity that is introduced. All it is is a is a kav is simply the a process. Okay. That's all. So this is the process. The process of how energy travels. That's the kav. Everything, all of existence travels. I don't know what what that means. He's not saying that. He's saying here the structure of the ten spheres. When you say all of existence, what do you mean by all of existence? Bligvul too? What about Kalim? What about Ma'ir Makif? What do you mean all of existence? You say all of existence. The Kav does not create a table. So mean all of existence? Where's the table? Does Kav itself has no power to create a table? So it carries, but it's but but it's not it's not what he's talking about here. How? Why do we keep going to a place that he's not discussing? That's I need to know why. Because you learned other things. No, because we're confused. Why, why don't you just so, if you're confused, I would suggest learn and understand what he says here, and then broaden your knowledge. Doesn't that make sense? If you start bringing more things, you'll be more confused. I'm questioning because I don't understand. What, what, what don't you understand? You're bringing in previous conceived ideas, or you're talking about? So if you are, then you're for sure not going to understand. So so basically, how could one learn something if you're going to bring all kinds of other ideas in? We learned it in this year. But we're not learning it now. When we'll get there, we'll talk about it. Like on a general note, like I noticed that from time to time we all have the same problem. I mean, your students sitting here in that room, that we suddenly we understand that we don't understand the most basic things that you were talking and. You know why? You know why? Because this problem, because no, because the problem that's happening now is happening the whole time. You bring all your stuff, your all preconceived notions. It's not a clean slate. It's not a clean slate. Listen, it's a critical component because if it's not a clean slate, I I clean my whole slate when I read this. That's what that my key here is not because I know more, I learned more than you did. It's the opposite. I block out everything. I just learned this, just learning this. That's the problem everybody has. They don't listen to what is being said. They're bringing other things. They listen partially. But it's also part of they're fitting it into a picture they have already. That's the biggest problem. That's why I told you, being a chayzer of the Rebbe, you had to completely clean out. It made no difference what was yesterday. That, that knowledge will come later. I have plenty of knowledge of other places. I know what, you, I know what you're talking about, but I'm specifically not going there. Okay. Why? Because you're not able to concentrate on this, you're not going to be able to get that. Just uh, don't get upset, listen, it's happening from time to time. And it's, one second, one second. I think you should assess us as we are. But just as you said, you, just as you said what you said, I have to say one thing. I don't get upset, I've never gotten upset. I don't get upset. Get bit, uh, it's called passionate. Passionate. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You want me to be just cold and just yeah. listen to you and say nothing? I'm reacting. No, no, no. no. My reaction yeah. is is telling you that you want to you have to learn how to learn. Right. 
And to learn how to learn is you have to focus on what is being said. What does it mean? I gave a, a whole series of examples to understand Eris and Kalim and how we travel from the kindergarten to this. This example I've said maybe 30 times. You know that nobody ever refers to this example. So I wonder why. It seems to me an example that fits very well. I'm trying to explain it more on our level. So I know why. Because you keep going back to your words. You have kav, simsum. You're not applying it. If I challenge you, can you explain to me Seydishtalshlis in simple English? I never did that. You'll have a very difficult time doing that. There's no finals, but you'll have a very difficult time. Why is that? So one has to wonder. We're sitting already a year learning or whatever. One has to wonder. So if you can't do that, what have what have you learned? What have I taught? So maybe I taught some Gishmak ideas. No, sir. I'm not saying this as a complaint. Trust me. I'm just saying it as a statement, an observation. So you learned some things that you learned that I understand. That's I know you learned. You learned that I'm able to communicate these ideas. You learned also, I'm sure, some ideas in a Gishmaka way and understand. But if you can't present it, it means you haven't really integrated it. That's the big challenge here. So when you say the word kav, I know exactly the word. I mean, I, I, everybody who learns this knows the word kav. And they'll tell you all kinds of things. But ask somebody, can you tell it to me in simple English without using any Hebrew? And tell it to me as if I'm a person, a secular person on the street who never heard anything about Chassidus. You're not going to find many people that can do that. Right? You can find people who have obviously Yisrael. They'll be kind. They'll put on film on the person. But to explain to them in simple English what the, kav's, what the Kav is and why I need to know there's a Kav, very few can answer that. Because we're not trained to think like that. We're trained, we, re, we, we lean on the crutches of words that we're accustomed to. Now I think everybody understands that the Kav seems to be an instrument that God uses for all of creation. I think everybody knows that. But what does that mean? What does it even mean? What does that mean, an instrument? That's why you need the examples from real life. Show me a kav as it works itself in your life. I could show you my life. I'm a writer. I write. I'm teaching right now. There's a kav at work in my life right now. No, is this the kav of Atmos? No, that's not the kav of Elokus. But the kav inside of me. Think of it that way. That's the question. Show me the kav in your life. The kav is a thread that's going from a very abstract place to a far more defined place. That's what a kav is. Sachakal. That's all you need to say. And then find in your life that example. Find in your life the example of something that's going from a more undefined place to a defined place. And that process is the kav. It doesn't have to be physical. It doesn't have to be a pencil. It doesn't have to be a pipe. That's what it is. You follow what I just said? Yeah, yeah I follow. It's a That's the kav. Hold on, hold on. There's no buts. Okay. If, if you give me a but now to this, you're going to something else that's not what we're learning. I'm giving you an example that is integrated, that I can explain it at length. I can tell you the whole process. And when I have an idea, I don't know where the idea comes from, but I know it comes from a deeper place, Chach or wherever. It comes into my mind, then I sit down and I say, this is a great idea, I'm going to now type it up. I'm not just typing letters. There's a flow going on here. There's ideas. I could dissect and say, one second, why am I not getting it into words right? Why is it taking me to write? Why do I have to write it ten times? Because there's a process. The flow is a very scientific process. Now, if I could document it, that would be a kav. And you'll see, it'll be a stage of nekudas, before nekudas, nekudas, 
akudim, nekudim, vrudim, all the way till tangible letters on a page. You begin to respect this process and this flow, you'll be able to retrace the steps. The Nebuchadnezzar Hashab sat, sat eight hours, they say, he stood when he was thinking I am base. And didn't move for eight hours. And I'm sure it was much more than eight hours other times. Then he sat and wrote a flow. This is his kav. And he's just, he knew exactly what he wants to write on each page and so on. Now covering this, covering this. Cover. If you're able to relate to what I just said, I think you're at the beginning of the process of understanding the kav. No. So you're going to say, well, I learned that the kav also brings kalim. How does that fit to your muscle? So I'll say to you, don't, you know what? You learned. Right now you didn't learn. That's not what we're talking about now. Let's learn first the first step. Then we'll introduce the idea of kalim. Where did kalim come from? Here, I have an idea flowing right now. I'm taking a pen, I'm writing it down. And my question is, where did the letters come from? They're definitely not coming from my idea. They were there before. I'm just using them. So how are they, how are they coming on paper? An excellent question. Uh, no problem. But you have at least something to work with, and now you develop the idea until you begin to understand more and more and more. This is. Go ahead. Say what you got to say. What's your rebuttal? No, I'm, I'm absorbing. Let me explain that. Like, I, I, I got stuck here when I read this thing about the cough and then right away about the Elamon table. That, because. It, Table is basically coming out from the calf, kind of like from the process. It's part of the process. So he is telling us that table is really something that we can define. But then he but but he also made a contrast between the nekudus of Tayu and the nekudus of the calf, right? right Did you read that too? That, that, yeah, exactly. So what's the problem? Tayu, where did you ever hear that Tayu equals the calf? The calf and Tayu are not the same entity. He's distinguishing between the, when you say the word Nekudis and the Kav, Nekudis and the Tayu. Do you know what, Do you know how he distinguished? Or you got confused before you read what he said? He distinguished. He says it's right, ke, right. It Kalim there. Right, right. And the Kav is no Kalim. That's why I got Okay, so. Do we move on? Hmm? Not only would I tell you to move on, the Rebbe Rashab has now going to give a muscle. Maybe you learn. What, 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 what's confusing is not what it says here, it's confusing what you know from before. This is such a rich discussion, we should talk a bit more. You know? hmm? I said it's been such a rich discussion, we should talk a bit more. But, uh, now, I have no problem trying to explain it as best as I can. Super. You have to figure out what's really bothering, what's the troubling part here. He distinguishes between the Nakudus of the calf and the Nakudus of Tayu. Where one has containers and therefore there's a Mitzvah, the other one does not have, therefore it's Pshitus, it's shapeless. I gave the example of the tsunami, that's where there's a collision. In the calf, there can't be a tsunami because there's no containers. Like in Akudim, even there's no containers. And Koshkain, as he said, for sure in the calf. I gave the example of day one, day two, day three. I mean, I don't know what else no, I can it's, say. It's okay. So we realize that the, 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 the ore comes down through the cloud in the, in the form of the, uh, of the crude. But, and then you say that the, the Kalim, has the Kalim delivered then? We, we have an energy delivery system, the cloud. And then you don't seem, it seems to leave out 
Think of them as letters. The containers are, are there from before. The containers are it's not really relevant here. The containers are that's not, he's not discussing that here. He's talking the energy. The containers, as I've said to you many, many times, is a different pa- track. It's a track that God wants to have a structured existence. So there's going to be containers. But there's also the idea within the structure. That's a structured idea. There's a structured idea. There's a structured expression of the what idea in letters and containers. What is the structure? But it's also basically running of the calf. That's not what discussed here. Even so, if, if, even if case, it's only being carried by the kav. Not, it's like the kav is energy, and on the back of the energy, God is also putting the seeds for the containers. No, that's a separate issue. That's not what carries. Well, it's not what he's discussing here. That's for sure. Correct. So why do you need to know this? I just gave an example. If you can't explain the kav to yourself or to someone else. You, so why do you need to bring in more things that you, if you can't even explain the basic kav why do you want to bring in igulim and kalim into it that's my question to you because and, I, and I'm, I'm training you right now how not to be um, what's called reckless or even destructive thinking you can't even explain to me the kav what it is you want to already explain how the kav carries containers and igulim First understand the Kav in your life. And trust me, it'll be far easier for you to bring it down to the understanding all the other elements of the Kav. That's the first challenge. See, if you're a mathematician, you want to know all the details that you've learned and fit them in. But if you want to personalize it, you have to take a different approach. Figure out what the Kav is in your life. You see, if you are masters of it, then we could talk about the rest of it. But I don't think... I see from the questions, first master the one subject. I said the example of letters, words. Where do you think you stand in the knowledge of Chassidus? Do you know letters? Do you know words? Do you know phrases and sentences? Do you know paragraphs, chapters, volumes? Where do you think you stand? Now, I'm not talking about humility. Where do you really think if you have to assess yourself? Be honest. Maybe the misper. No, seriously, what do you think? <laughs> so so then my suggestion is would you go teach a kindergarten child a whole book or even a chapter if they can't read the letters yet? Right? They'll get confused. Let's master the letters. I'll tell them now the I don't story. think huh? I'll tell them the story. You tell him the story, but then if you keep focusing on the story, every time he, you bring a letter, he says, How does this fit into the story? You'll say, Well, first let's learn the letters. He doesn't know how to read yet. He doesn't know how to read an aleph and base. If I would be slain, I'm going to give 3,000 musholim, But why do children have to go through... Why, why, so why don't just speed up the process? The fact is a child has to go through one year, they learn aleph base, and then they develop it. It doesn't work that way. There's no way to force it. You can't speed up the process. Now, I don't think you guys are in the level of letters. I think the biggest problem is, un, is, is I would say, undisciplined thinking uh, um, uh, skills. No one's ever trained you to think. One of the things, one of the things they do, in, one of the things that university does, which I would immediately implement in every yeshiva, that people should write papers and papers and papers and papers for no reason, because it forces you to express an idea that someone else can read and comment on and critique. We're not forced to do it, and therefore our, our ideas are never challenged, in real way.
In Gemara, good, we have a Chavrusa and we learn with each other. There's a little challenge there. But even more, if somebody wrote it down, write down your idea. You see how often happens here when we have a disagreement. I say, give me the alternative. And no one gives an alternative. They just know how to argue with what I'm saying. Because no one taught them how to express themselves. So, so, and this doesn't mean people don't have good minds. One of the things I learned from geometry, pure geometry, linear geometry, was organized thinking. In geometry, you have to prove theorems. You have to prove ideas. You're given a set of facts, and you have to prove a result. And sometimes it takes 40 steps to prove it. Sometimes it takes 100 steps. And you can't skip a step. So you have to say 2 plus 2 equals 4. Then 4 minus this equals that. Then the, 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 the degree of an angle all kinds of different factors until you get to the conclusion and you give it to a teacher who rips it apart and says how'd you get from step four to five you missed three steps and you learn the process that you cannot miss a step you know Listen, now uh, Fruma Jews have an example for this an example for Fruma Jews would be look at no, but, look, but, but look at Frum Jews Frum Jews have an example but I say this Skip one step of the Seder and they'll go crazy. Now they have no written idea why. They do it just by rote. But the point is meticulousness. Programmers know this. Mathematicians know it. Doctors know it. Surgery. Imagine a surgeon forgets a step. And goes step two before step one. What can happen? In thinking, thinking is an organized process. And honestly, I say this with all respect. Yeah, but I think you all guys, you're all smart. You wouldn't be sitting here learning this stuff. I think the, the biggest thing I would say is, is, is nothing to do with chassidus. The issue is not that you don't get chassidus. You do get chassidus. You, you, you have a far worse problem, which is not the chassidus, or maybe far less problem. It's, it's methodical thinking. That's what it is. Methodical thinking. And A before. No, no. We're doing it as we learn. That's what happens. Listen, it's a... No, but, but, but it's good we're having a conversation like this because most people don't have methodical thinking. That's why I'm asking you, when you go and start bringing other things, my challenge to you is not out of no problem talking about other places. But first, let's get what we're learning here. Okay, I agree. And then you know what? You know something? If you go back, he spoke about Kalim. And about Aedis. Even in Ayin Beis. I'm not talking about other Maimonim. He spoke about Mesavus Er Nasa Keli. From the thickness of the energy comes a container. But if you don't know what the energy is, you're going to talk about the thickness of the energy. You, you all went to school. You know that a good teacher did not teach you step 50 before he taught you step 1. You know? So someone will say, here, we're going to teach you how blood flows, blood flows through your circulatory system. You have veins, you have arteries, you have capillaries, a bunch of pipes. You have a heart that pumps blood. You start learning, okay, here's how blood pumps. Fascinating. You master it. Then we'll tell you, you know something? This blood that pumps through the veins also carries something that's not just blood. It also carries oxygen. It carries other factors. If someone began and started talking about what it carries before talking about how the blood pumps properly, you're not going to get this and you're not going to get that. So, you know, now I've, again, no problem. There's places here, as I said. My suggestion would be is, let's master something as best as we can. Then go back and say, okay, what else does the Kav carry? 
If you jump the gun and try to get there, I think you're going to compromise what we're, what's going on here. Okay. And I'm not, I have no problem, we can go about this again and again and again. Okay. Like, for example, a professor like yourself, I'll tell you, if you ask me on a personal coaching level, what I would tell you, I think you get it instinctively. I think you have the chush, like you get the ideas. I don't think you can articulate them. Which tells me, not that you're not a good articulator, that you're like almost a selfish thinker. What do I mean by that? I don't mean in a bad way. It means that you, you absorb well, you get it in you, and that's all you need. You don't, you're not forced to teach it, you're not forced to communicate it. So therefore, you have a limited element of getting. You're going to get it as best as you can. If you had to present it to a class or to others, you'd get it far better. But you don't have the patience for that. And I'm not criticizing you. I'm just telling you, if, you, if I had to grade you, that's what I would say. And I think you get it very well. And I think it resonates. And when you, and when you ask questions, I don't think you're asking questions because you don't get it. I think you're asking questions because you, ha- you want to see how, you know, make sure the whole thing is resonating for you. But what you're lacking is ultimately the thing that gave me most knowledge is students. The need to explain it forced me to go and start looking for what does it really mean? Not just um, spiritually or philosophically and so on. But I'm, I, you know, I mean, what I'm saying to you, Listen, there's no names here, so no one knows what I'm saying. Knowledge. What I'm saying to you your, is uh, taken in the right spirit? Place. Yeah. No. Huh? No. No. No, I, I can't give a shower. So the question is why? Why shouldn't you when you do get it? Why? Listen, you have a challenge. Those are your students. This is developed. You want to you want to conquer billions of people. Can you imagine what kind of problems you're going to encounter? No, that's why it's far easier for me to speak to people who don't know what kav means. Because uh-huh. we, we we begin. <laughs> The way saying it the right way in the first place. I wouldn't even use those words if left to, If I was teaching this properly to the outside, I would not use any of these words. Energy flow. No, I, I'd use words that people would ask. With, uh, the, the words I would use that people who know this would ask me, "Where'd you get this from?" That's how disturbing it is. The people ask me sometimes. I write an article. These ideas without using one word. A total meaningful life. I have a whole chapter called God. All this is taken from Ayin Beis and Chassidus. I never use one word, there's no word like that in my book. Not one Hebrew word. The only word maybe I use, and not even... I'm thinking, what did I use? Not one word, no. And people ask me, where did I get this from? Did I create this on my own? Because it's resonating with people. And to me, that shows, and, they, and they've learned chassidus. Not they didn't learn. Because they don't learn it in that way. They don't learn it in a way that you can actually communicate it to someone. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. So what are we having the Fabregi? Tomorrow night? We just had it. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I mean the, the, big, the big one, the big bang. I, I, I really think everybody could be trained to do it. I think you guys could absolutely... You come every day, you're committed. That's the biggest thing. Commitment is more important than everything. Yeah, but as soon as you hit the road and you meet the challenges... So we, I also have my challenges. Do you think I have no challenges? What do you think? Maybe you're a little bit above you. No, no, that's not true. I, I have challenges... Yes, yesterday, you don't know what kind of hectic what was going on here. The sound went off, we had to change, everything was delayed. There were hundreds of shluchim waiting. You should see the emails I got. But I'm very good under pressure. I like, a, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. When there's pressure, 
I calm down, I smile, and I, I, I announce to everybody, Halomas of Stadium, all the blockages of Chassidus are still with us in technology today. <laughs> so I turned it into a humorous... Uh, we sort of uh, have a the BBC. No, <laughs> BBC, BBC, it happened, happened. What could you do? This is yeah. things happen. But the, the, it's a story with the potty, as you said, with the pot, with the pail. Yeah. Everything, you got to... Trust me, of course you get disturbed. The point I'm making here is that absolutely you can be trained, but you should force yourself to teach it to others, to speak to someone else. Even not teach it. Forget about teaching I am Bayes. To take a lesson from this and bring it into a person's life. Give someone advice based on this. That's where I would begin. To teach a whole thing is, a whole, is much more complicated. But give advice. Like I just said, the Kav. Mastering the Kav is mastering the process of anything coming from one place from a complete almost ayin to yesh. I think that's a pretty cool thing to master. Because we're all busy with processes. Like right here, the kav that we're talking here, the kavim that we're discussing are pretty messed up kavim. They're not flowing. They're, they're, they're making a lot of long stops and staying in places for a long time than more than this. So what do we do? We continue? We don't continue? I don't even know what to do. Or is this over... Is this over was this an overdose? No, I have to leave another. You must continue. I have to leave another. Should I finish the chapter? I have to leave another. Cannot do that. We're gonna, I'm going to miss everything. Okay, let's go like this. So let's call the Alderach Moshel, the Rebbe Rashab, just heard the plea and the cry from your heart. You hear? I'm telling you, he's talking to us personally. I have no doubt that when he wrote this, he was thinking about us right here. The Yuvan calls El Derech Moshli. He says, you're having a problem? You understand it all. With a Moshli I'm going to give you now. Personalize it, my friends. You're able to do that? Yeah. He's going to give us a Moshli. Benefesh Adam. Since this is so amorphous, let's talk. Benefesh Adam. You ready for the Moshli? Yeah. Hari HaKeich. calls El Adam. Everyone understands what that means. The faculties mm-hmm. are in specific and distinct and distinguishable entities, parameters that are separate from one another. Chachma has a particular geder, a particular parameter and structure. And Kayachabina is a geder miyuchid. And the same thing, Kayachab love. that right? Everybody gets that? Yep. Specific boundaries and parameters. And even though they're not tangible, they're spiritual keiches, they are uh, sublime faculties. Nevertheless, they are in particular parameters and structures and defined. So here we have the keiches. If someone says, tell me the difference between love and hate, between love and discipline, between conceiving an idea and comprehending an idea. If someone said to you, tell me the difference between water and fire, it would be very easy for you to say. Because you know it so tangibly. Water is what makes things wet, fire dries things up. Fire burns, water can cool. Fire, you know, etc., etc. Chachm and Bina, I have to think a little, you know why? Because you don't have it in front of you. We're not, we're got Magushim Dika people. So you see right here, something that has a gathered, but it's not tangible. Right here, you see, you're starting to get a, a sense of what a nukuda is, what pshittus is. Because it's keiches. That's clearly, bina is not chachma. 
vision is not hearing. But it's not also not tangible in the, te- the technical sense. So even though they're nafshim, they're sublime, nevertheless, they're Do you see how the Rebbe Rashab Mamish is addressing the dilemma here? And the nefesh, now let's talk about the nefesh itself, which is a third level. The, fa- the difference between hands and legs, arms and legs, everybody can define, like fire and water. The difference between the concept of Chachman Bina, a little more hard. But they all rooted in a place that's completely not, doesn't even have the Geder Ruchni. So here we have Geder Gashmi, physical parameters. We have now spiritual parameters, and now something with no parameters. What is that? The nefesh now, vehine, and now the nefesh is etzemechet. It's one core essence, ruchni poshet. It's spiritual and sublime, without shape and form. Someone say, what does a nefesh look like? Chachma bina. You can't define what it physically looks like, but you can say chachma is a concept. Bina is comprehension. Chesed is giving. Gvura is withdrawing. Chesed is attraction. Gvura is repulsion. But the nefesh, it's shapeless and seamless from any type of seer, any shape, form, or structure, or parameter. So how, is the question, can come from a sublime, shapeless entity? Faculties that are that are defined and limited and confined. Because even if it's only not the nefesh itself, not the soul itself, but even the reflection of the soul is also amorphous and shapeless, just like the soul is. So how do you get out of this defined and, and limited parametered uh, faculties? And nevertheless, we see the nefesh works through its faculties. It's not the faculties, they're not on their own. They're faculties that the nefesh is working through. Through vision, through chachmah, the nefesh expresses itself. The nefesh experiences things. Through love, it feels, it receives, it gives. The soul it becomes mishakim is... How do you say mishakim? Conceives, becomes wise, understands things through and it becomes loving through giving love. The soul itself is being enriched and experiencing these faculties through these faculties. So how does this work? We have here an amorphous, shapeless soul, shaped faculties. How does this? How does it travel? So he says, However, the Indian is a commercial like he says in Tanya chapter fifty-one, that six hundred and thirteen type of faculties are included, encompassed, and contained in the nefesh. Even though the soul is etzemechet poshut, is one core, essential, shapeless entity. Nevertheless, it's found and contained within it 613 faculties. They are the roots, the sources of the revealed faculties. See, now revealed a new level. 
If that's the case, the faculties that are encompassed in the nefesh, they're like memutsoim, they're interfaces, intermediaries, between the shapeless soul, core soul, and the revealed faculties. So it's not just a jumping from a shapeless source, or reflection of the source, that you have to say, like he says in Tanya, that in the source, in some way or form, which we may not fully understand, is encompassed core faculties. So now we have arms and legs, we have faculties that are revealed, the more sublime, we have faculties as they are rooted in the soul, but they're on a soul level, but their faculties rooted there. Jump from six thirteen to ten. It doesn't say ten. I said ten. Yeah, but there are ten. Well, the Tanya says Tayag benefesh. Because ten breaks into many details. And being that they're an interface, you have to say they have two levels in them. And that is the way it compares to the nefesh, the source, how they look upward to the source, and how they look downward compared and in comparison to the revealed faculties. Like in every mamutsa, in every interface, every translator has to look at the person who's speaking one language, then turns to the other person and translates. He then listens to him and turns back. So this is this state has both elements compared to both these different levels that it's connecting. The way these inner core faculties, the way they are compared to the core soul, they have a similarity, commonality. That they are completely shapeless, commensurate to the shapelessness of the soul itself. Because they have that part of the soul, it's shapelessness. But then they have something different. Because they're interfaced, they have one step below. They, They move one step down. And the way they are compared to the faculties, the revealed faculties, they're pshittus, they're also shapeless. But shapeless only compared to the faculties. The gam shom, heim b'b'chines pshittus, akshuzerak pshittus, b'b'chines hametziz, dakeiches, b'b'chines pshittus mamash. They're still shapeless. But there, rakshuzerak is only a pshittus, meaning that they're only removed and negate their shapeless relative to the tangible faculty of sight or sound or chachmor bina or chesed. But you can't call them totally shapeless. So you have a level that's shapeless and not shapeless. Compared to the soul, it's shapeless because it's like the soul. But compared to the faculties that will emerge from it. In other words, the soul has in it another level, basically, that is a interface and it has both elements shapelessness and it's somewhat commensurate to the actual faculties though it's not shaped like that it's not it's not defined in tangible way like that you're bringing again something else I'm saying he doesn't use that of course it's an example for Aaron Kaley but right, what's, but which, what's the iron? What's the keli? Tell me. What's the iron? What's the keli? The pshitus of or is is the soul. Which is the keli? Tell me. The is, 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 is the goof. But he's not talking about the goof. 
He's talking about the faculties. So you see, as soon as you bring Kaili in, you're going to be confused. Where does the Kaili belong here? Which is the Kaili? Tell me. You could say the faculties are the Kalim. He did say that too, by the way. But, it's, but I'm, I have no problem you bringing something in. But you see right away, you can't just bring words. Huh? It seems like the identical words almost like, Okay, so you have to distinguish. Are they identical or not? And I ask you, which is the containers? Right now, the containers would be most practical to say it's the body, and I wouldn't go there. This is levels in air for practical purposes. This is Eris Gluyim, Eris Atmim, and the Etzem itself. Okay, let's go on. The Gamshem Yes, we did learn these things. Like Koyachamaskel, the power to conceive ideas. It's Mushal, it negates it. Uh, Mushal. Removed. It's removed from and up and it negates the Matthias of Seichel. It's the power to conceive of ideas. It's not the ideas themselves. Nevertheless, it's still Seichel. It's still Seichel, not Midas. It's not emotions. It's not love. And it's not negate, does not negate the Geder of Seichel. The category of Seichel does not negate the category of intelligence. Even though it negates actual intelligence. But, the, that's, but this is not the ethicism. But the power of intelligence, which we learned earlier. The one in the soul, in the, in the shapeless soul, meaning the potential in the core. That is planted, implanted, and rooted in the soul itself. Is negates even the gedder, even the category of seichel. Even though it's called that's only related to the pshitas, the pure shapelessness of the actual core soul, that's completely um, negates all, even the even, even the category of seichel, even the category of the power that's beyond the category of seichel. And that is Gufa is the reason. Because it's rooted in the soul, and it's in the core soul, that's the reason that this power of intelligence, the way it's encompassed in the soul, is not even the category of Hamshachadain. You can't call it even something that's extending in any way. And is completely shapeless. And the way it comes by Hapshachan Amlam is that it comes in a concealed type of transmission. And when it finally does come into the Kayach HaMaskil, which is already called a, a hidden transmission, its Pshitus is only compared to the actual revealed intelligence. So we have here four stages. We have the core soul. We have the faculties that are encompassed in the core soul. That are the mamutza. On one hand, they're, they're shapeless. On the other hand, they have the beginnings of something. And relative to the faculties, the kaya next. That's already beginning to be expressed. And then you have the seichel. So you have seichel, kaya chamaskil, etzim kaya chaseichel, ayuli in the etzim anefesh, and etzim anefesh. By the way, kaya chamaskil, the like all, all of the other, of the other uh, also have the same, uh, the same uh, 
steps? Yeah. Like you would say, this uh, yeah. of Yuli of Chesed? Yeah. Uh-huh. And what's the difference between Kerfi Yuli of Chesed and Kerfi Yuli of there's no difference. There's no difference. That's, That's what he says. Yeah. There's no difference, but there is a difference also. Because one will go here and one will go here. So so you need an explanation. How do you explain that state? He's giving the example. We'll discuss it more. How do you explain it? But he's, he's definitely going there. Let's continue. And the example of this we'll understand above the ten hidden spheres. The ten hidden spheres that are encompassed in the, the infinite light are pshitus mamish, are complete shapelessness before the kav. And the way they come in the kav and the line, they're also without substance. It's so three levels. Agnusis would be like the kreches that are encompassed in the core soul. The kav is also shapeless, but that's the pshitus legab esos that's already shapeless only compared to the revealed spheres that are the revealed faculties. The revealed is when it's already manifest energies, when you see your eye, vision of your eye. Chesed is being expressed and experienced. So this is the Kav. So we understand from this that even though the Mitzias of Eris, its substance comes through the container, through their manifestation and they're being contained and grasped by the containers, they become like the personality of the containers. Nevertheless, the energies are also in a form of Esesvirus. So it has both sides. And they have fundamental core in their core. Inherent, yes, they have a distinction of higher and lower, of levels, a hierarchy. And that's why they're able to come into the containers. If they didn't have that, they wouldn't be able to come into the containers. And the end of their flow, which we learned earlier. Like I said, the end of the flow, when they're ready to hit the paper with letters, that's when it reveals the actual substance and the distinction that they have inherently. Like we said before, inherently it begins because that's what God wants. And through the containers, they become like the personality of the containers to impact, to affect as, as according to the container. Now comes the second Gilui. This is all Eir Omnam, however, the Amshach transmission that's in the form of Ainsof, infinite, that's what comes, just a revelation of the core, of the source. Its role is not to do anything, it's not to accomplish anything. Not like the Pulas Ervagili, that a revelation that has a point, a revelation to express something. All it is is expression of the core. Levad, only. Mm-hmm. And it's like the core. So, 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 so till now we spoke about uh, Erev Gvul? Yes. 
See, even in the highest levels of Eragvul, meaning the Kechas Hayulim Atzmim in the core, they, they have a purpose. That's before the Kavi. That's Esesuris So no, so in other words, even the core. Why are they there? Why does the soul have in its even its core force faculties, even though they're completely shapeless? Because you want them to come out. Here too, because the divine desire wants a structure, so you have an essence In the kav, it becomes more revealed, and then till it comes into containers. Now we're talking something doesn't have this intention at all. It's just gilim in adsim. It's just revealing the core. That's all it is. It's not about shaping anything. The bem is ain't shayl. Was a shum shem cloud akshem ain't safe. In truth, you cannot say any name. You can't attribute any name. Only ain't safe. And when it comes into a revelation of the world, that energy, meaning when that core energy comes and extends into the existence, how do you Then we call it desire, as we learned before. Which is a revelation of the Atmos, what God, what God wants. But saying that He wants is already a step, another step. What it is, all it is, is whatever Atmos. Well, it's a reflection of So there's a desire for the desire. Yeah. yeah. As we learned earlier, chapter 49, the that the power of desire is different than all distinguished from all the faculties. They're actual mitzis. The faculties are actual mitzis. Each one has a role. The power of intelligence is in a distinct power that's outside of the core soul. The power of desire, on the other hand, doesn't have, what is it, without the core? It's all it is. What does the soul want? It doesn't have a substance in saying it's seichel, chesed, love, or anything like that. Its whole union is only the leaning of, the inclination and the, and the drawing down, the extension of, the drawing out of the soul. That's why in all faculties, something remains when the faculty is gone. Even after you stop thinking, you're an askola, an idea. Someone showed the light? Yeah, he did. The light, you shut the light by mistake. The intelligence that remains even after stop, you stopping of conceiving or intellectualizing. Nothing remains after desire. When you desire, you desire. Afterwards, the effect of the desire to do something remains, but not the desire itself. The commission is Barasham, like we learned earlier. He's talking about chapter 49. That's why the revelation of the infinite light that has no name and no description, all it is the revelation of the core, when, it, when it's Nimshech and, revi- and drawn into the world, it's called desire. So it has a name now, but it's a name only to say because it's. Not because it's a substance, but it's the saying that it's, it's, it's... So you say all it is is desire. You give it a name. What does it mean? It's a desire, not as a desire of its own, only to reveal the core. 
the essence. And it surrounds, encompasses them all equally. And this energy, being that it's only a revelation of the core, it's possible even if there were no worlds. Because all it is is revelation of the core. Not that God would need it, but it's possible. The other air would not be possible. The, the finite air energy would not be possible if there were no worlds. You wouldn't need it, and there's no it would, it completely. It would not be possible. Why would? You, what, what's the role of it? But this, you could say, the role is revealing the core. Why it's revealing the core? We need an explanation. Right. But 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 you understand its role there. There's, unless there's a structure, there's no purpose for absolutely no need for and no 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 not shayek the concept of it. So let me read the kitzur kitzur. From here we'll have to understand the three crowns: Tera, priesthood, and malchus kingship. As we, we explained that in general there are two types of transmissions of energies. One is midavugvul, a defined and a limited one. That's the kav. That's the line. Shenimded lefiyadach elmas. That is measured according. That was measured according to the worlds. In existence, v'amididah he b'sharshei beirin so shishiratzmei b'atzmei lahayir b'midavugvul. And this measurement is in its root in the infinite light that envisioned that estimated within himself to radiate in this type of parameters. These are the ten hidden spheres, and they're completely shapeless. And through the tzimtzum, the concealment, to, to become separate and distinct spheres, that's when the kenimshachakav, through the tzimtzum, came the kav, in a form of nekudas, points. So in order to bring them into distinct spheres. But they're in a state of blima, substanceless. For like my nekudas, the tayishin slap should be kalim. Not like the points in Toyu, in the chaotic, in the world of chaos, that manifest in containers, and the intention is that they should be Metsias. Here, it's simply the process of the flow that they start out as being very shapeless, like their source. In Toyu, there's a particular purpose there. For example, the faculties that are encompassed in the core soul, they, they're, they're shapeless, like the shapelessness of the soul. And the hidden transmission, they're, they're shapeless, but only relative to the revealed faculties. That's the kav. And the end of their flow and their, their, their transmission, they go into the, they, they come, in the meaning, in, as it enters into containers, they become actual substance. And this transmission is because there's a desire for the world. The second transmission is the form of it's only to reveal the core essence like the desire that's to reveal the core soul. So this is a summary of chapters that we learned already especially chapters 31 like he said 49 and later where he talks about the he's just tying it all together that we have the three levels the three levels of the we have the Kav, and we have the Eris and Kalim, and then finally, there's the other Hamshach, the Hamshach of Ratzin, which is higher than all these. So we'll stop here, we finished chapter 127, we did two, 246, and page 246, 247.